All right, welcome, welcome in to the 87th episode of the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. We got the gang back together again. Another week, another day, another dollar. We have a reports from around the realm section coming up. Max has a trade for Super Producer Nixie, an overpay, an overpay of a trade. Let's see whether or not it gets pushed through. And then to wrap up, we have a rookie mock draft. We're going to be talking about a lot of these risers and fallers on draft boards coming up in this episode. But before we do that, I wanted to thank our presenting sponsor, Underdog Fantasy. Use code MONARCHY, M-O-N-A-R-C-H-Y, for $100 in deposit match bonus cash. MONARCHY, M-O-N-A-R-C-H-Y, at Underdog Fantasy. Let's go. Why, hello there, my fellow kings and queens. Welcome to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast, where you will learn how to rule over your Dynasty League for years to come. Now, allow me to introduce you to your hosts, Max, Peter, and Jace. Here we go, episode number 87 the dynasty monarchy podcast whoever you may be however you may be listening apple podcast spotify welcome welcome in we have the guys back together again and sadly they are not in the city of brilliant love they were here this past weekend if you missed the first round uh and nfl draft episodes uh you could go over to our apple podcast link spotify link we were all together in the city of brotherly love and Philadelphia, and we record an episode. But for now, Super Producer Nixie and Max are holding it down in Cleveland. I'm here in Philly. Gentlemen, after a crazy draft weekend, how are we doing? Doing pretty good, man. Weather's been dog here in Cleveland, Ohio, but already Tuesday. Looking forward to this weekend. Uh, my brother graduates from college, so looking forward to that. But excited to be back with the boys and excited to get a trade done on this pod with Nixie. So it should be good. Shout out to JFD. Happy grad producer how's it going yeah man just plugging along back to reality as it were and uh back to some fantasy football can't be more excited here for another week man yeah man uh fantasy football obviously is a a nice reprieve for all of us but this time of year this time of year especially if you're in a dynasty league a lot of changes are happening feels less like a vacation more like a second job Uh, a lot of us did some great things this past weekend, trades, et cetera, with all these player values shifting like crazy. Um, we're going to talk about it in the second half of our episode today, where we're going to be doing a first and second round rookie mock draft. Super producer, Nixie's already been through a couple real rookie drafts already, so he's got some great insight. Me and Max have some great insight as well, coming from an outsider's perspective who have not drafted yet. But wanted to thank everyone for making it into the episode. Before we do, starting topic, for all those listening on potentially Thursday, I just wanted to say, great American holiday. May the 4th be with you. Make sure you use that joke the second you get in the office. Make sure you make sure you do that. If you're at a ballpark that day, you're going to be greeted with some Star Wars people. So just may the 4th be with you. Max, may the, may the 4th be with you. You know, Kev K, if you're listening, happy birthday, my guy. May uh, the 4th? May the 4th for Kev K. He's a Jedi. He's a Jedi. And Kev, you know, for me, remembering your birthday five, six years after high school, I think you should send me a trade, man. The trade addict strikes again. Uh, we're, so we're, we're going to be doing a great show today. We have reports from around the realm uh, in our favorite segment, Max has a trade. And then we're going to be wrapping up with our rookie mock draft. So again, want to thank everyone for making it in. Uh, But again, a a big shout out to Underdog Fantasy, the presenting sponsor of the podcast. Before we get into the episode, just wanted to thank Underdog Fantasy again for their continued support of the podcast. Underdog Fantasy is the best and easiest way to play best ball, as well as over-under games, pick-ems in certain states. Again, we've mentioned it for the last couple of weeks, especially after the rookie draft is over now. I feel like you're going to be able to get great value on some of the rookies that you believe in in your underdog drafts. These, This is the time before the hype of all the beat reporters and training camp comes out that if you're in a best ball league, you want to snag those late round rookie guys tomorrow if you're in a draft. So the best and easiest place to play best ball fantasy football is underdog fantasy. Use our code MONARCHY, M-O-N. 
C-H-Y, and get a free deposit match up to $100, $100 in bonus cash. Use code MONARCHY, M-O-N-A-R-C-H-Y, for $100 in bonus cash. Super producer. Most likely, we're not going to be picking any of these super late round rookie guys. But if you were in a best ball league last round, give me a flyer on a rookie that you'd be thinking about that is going to be rising up draft boards this upcoming offseason. There was two that came to mind, honestly. One's going to make you happy, Pete. It's going to be A.T. Perry. I feel like he's a solid just dart throw at the board last overall pick because Michael Thomas, who knows, man, can't ever stay healthy. And they really don't have too many other pieces there. I mean, Olave and Rashid Shahid. So who knows, man, he could see some uh, some extended action. And then another guy, it might not be last round, but probably like Sean Tucker, honestly, undrafted guy. Rashad White's the only guy there. I mean, he could he could find himself into some uh, meaningful carries if he's healthy. Hey, man, running back 99% of the time, they're not going to strut out the old dog. They're going to give the guy with juice some carries, especially if he can prove it in camp. So right now is the best time to get in on some of those rookies in your best ball leagues. I know they're drafting currently at underdog. So do yourself a favor. Go over there. Use our code monarchy, M-O-N-A-R-C-H-Y for a $100 deposit match in bonus cash. Let's get into reports. All right, we're a little late to the party on this one. Lamar signs a five-year, $260 million deal, $185 million guaranteed. He does not get his fully guaranteed deal, but he does make a good financial decision. His children, his children's children will never have to work in the future if he manages his money correctly. What does this do? We know Lamar's great. What does this do for Andrews now, the new first-round pick of the Ravens, Zay Flowers, and Odell Beckham, Rashawn Bateman? I think obviously the biggest person that takes like a not a hit up, but that that values, that benefits, whatever you want to call it, is Mark Andrews. Um, everyone was still buying him just because of his contract and his aid situation. Um, if you could have got him on a dip, great. But I think with a healthy year, healthy offseason, Mark Andrews should be back in form for a top three season. Yeah, man. It's sad. I'm I was just sad we were in the casino actually when this news broke. I'm a pessimist Browns fan, but I feel like that pretty much writes a ticket for the Browns to maybe miss the playoffs. I, I I can't lie. I was really hoping Lamar would go somewhere out maybe in the NFC. That would have been great. As but, well as uh, every single AFC fan in existence, getting yeah, one more out. As far as the pass catchers, I mean, I hope you bought the dip on Andrews, man, because there's people sweating to have Mark Andrews on their team, and you're looking like a, a – genius if you diamond hands right if you either held or bought in at a super low price people were panicking so i think these guys all get elevated uh probably elevates the pass catchers as well not having tyler huntley okay i want to i want to talk about something really quick just for two seconds i want your outlook on rashawn bateman we saw them sign odell this off this offseason right? Obviously one year deal, nothing crazy. We saw them draft Zay Flowers in the first round. Is this an indictment on Bateman or is it used to boost the room? Because you know, the number one target is going to be Andrews. The number two targets up for debate, but then you have Lamar's running ability plus the bread running game. That's good to going to just be there forever. So what's your fantasy outlook for a guy like Bateman this upcoming season? Yeah. I mean, Nick C and I, we were talking about this in the car, actually. I mean, I think there's a couple guys that fit that category. It's just a couple of guys that really they haven't produced um, in their first couple of years. And then you see them kind of break out in that third year. Ayuk is one of those guys. I mean, Devontae Adams took a while to produce. I get he wasn't a first round draft capital, but I mean, I look to Ayuk. I look to Jerry Judy, even last year, he broke out in his third year. So Bateman's going into his third year, I believe. He's one of those guys where I feel like you can get him for a second-round pick. And to me, he's worth every bit of that because if he hits, he's 23 years old, he's a big-body receiver, and you got yourself a first, first-and-a-half value. If he misses, all right, you're out of second, which is a lottery shot anyway. I won't, I won't say I'm in on Bateman, but for the cost, I'm buying as much Rashad Bateman as I can. Yeah, I think this is just a pure boost for the receiving room there because – Another room that was pretty bare. They didn't really have many bodies in there. Uh, 
I think they were trotting out like Devin Duvernay, James Prochet. I mean, you're not going to win games with that. And especially you're not going to sign back your franchise quarterback with that type of room. So it shows, man, they overpaid for Odell, uh, drafted Zay. I think Bateman, I think he could be solid, man. I think him or Flowers is probably going to come up and be the alpha wide receiver in this. Well, obviously Andrews is number one, but I think one of them could come away with some some pretty meaningful targets and produce for fantasy. It's just kind of picking your poison which with which one you feel uh, will do that. And for the cost, you just you can't like Zay Flowers. You're gonna have to invest 107, 106, 108, somewhere in that range for Bateman. You could honestly, I really think, get him for a second. I mean, I don't think if people are paying a first. You might have to pay like a second and a third, but I'd buy at that price all day. All right, let's keep moving forward. It looks like DeAndre Hopkins is not getting traded after some draft night buzz. He appears to be back in Arizona. Maybe he'll be a deadline deal guy. Maybe he'll get shipped at the deadline. But for right now, looks like there's not much interest for DeAndre Hopkins around the league. Gentlemen, we looked at Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown. We looked at Trey McBride this upcoming offseason, Zach Ertz. We looked at Hopkins and we said, you know, there's going to be a lot of vacated targets in that offense. But now with him coming back, if you're a competitor for a mid-second round pick, are you taking a guy like Hopkins moving forward? I think for a mid-second, you slam accept that deal. But now we're starting to talk late first, early, early second. What is your value? I want to start with Nick C as a prime competitor here. It's got to just still be a couple second rounders. I mean, it's a tough situation, even if he does return to Arizona, because there's not going to be Kyler Murray there for majority of the year. And to be a competitor, if you're going to invest any capital into Hopkins, it cannot be a first round pick. Um, only because I, there's no guarantee that he's going to finish as a wide receiver one, you know, kind of the, the typical wide receiver one finish we've seen from him. So I, I feel like I would be comfortable sending two seconds at most, probably. Two seconds at most max. I understand where you're coming from, Mixie. And I kind of feel that way. The only part that scares me is Kyler Murray. Um, I don't think hops fallen off. I mean, we look at last year, he had 14, 13, 14, 12, 11, 11, 10. Those are all targets per game. Um, if you're getting 10 plus targets a game and you're catching 10, 12, 10, 9, 7, 7, over 100 yards, a couple touchdowns, he's 30 years old. I get that, but the guy's still got it in him. Um, if he stays in Arizona, I'd be fine paying 112 for him. I'd be fine paying 111. If you're competing, that's if that's. You're competing. I mean, it's like, who are you going to get at 112, 111 right now? You're going to get, I mean, Mingo will be gone. I mean, we'll do a mock today. But, like, Charbonnet will probably be gone. Zay will probably be gone. Rashid Rice will probably be gone. It's like, I don't know. The wasteland. The the landing spots weren't good, and you could make an art. Kendra Miller will probably be gone. You can maybe get A-Chain on the Dolphins or something like that. So, if you're a competitor and you're, like, a wide receiver depth piece away, like, I think he's a great depth piece, I'd be fine playing late first. All right. Me personally, I think as a as a current competitor that does not have a lot of depth, this is a piece that you would love to go out and get, right? Especially yep. on the cheap. Yep. These vets on the cheap. But again, he's he's a perfect case. It's it's risk reward. He's coming into, I believe, his age thirty two season. Thirty. He's thirty years old. He'll be thirty one maybe in this this season. Sorry. He's coming into his age 31 season this upcoming year. You never know when these guys are going to fall off. But given the fact that he has so much HGH pumping through his system at all times, you know, I feel like he'll be good for another two or three years. But he's going to be a guy that is going to be very closely linked to Derrick Henry in the way that Derrick Henry is treated, right? Obviously, Henry's a top 12 running back. But the last two or three years, you could have got Henry for next to nothing. If you were if you were competing and he has been an absolute catalyst for your offense and a consistent, consistent, consistent piece in your fantasy teams. Right. 
I think Hopkins as a depth wide receiver for your competing teams, if he's not on a competitor himself, he can be one of those keys to winning a championship. 100%. I mean, Peter, if I'm you and that you're actually going to go for it, the person that has Hopkins is not competing. The person that has Hopkins is probably panicking. We saw how he, he, he wants to get younger. I don't know what you have. You have a second round pick in 2025. I don't think that's going to do it. But I think if you threw that and I don't know, you really don't have much to throw at it, Peter. But if you threw that and Dulcich, you could get it done. You, you could throw Dulcich straight and get it done. And I don't think I would blink an eye if I can get Hopkins as my fourth wide receiver. All right, let's keep moving forward. Last piece of news that we wanted to talk about today before we get into our favorite segment, Max as a trade. DeAndre Swift uh, to the Eagles. We talked about it on our A-side episode, uh, but I did just want to go over it really quick. Any emotional changes now that we've had a couple days to to linger and think about it? We had Mario from New Jersey talk about it with us this past weekend that he thinks Rashad Penny is going to be stealing a lot of the work in between the 20s and taking a lot of those touchdowns, much like last year with Swift and Jamal Williams. Any comment from you, Max, somebody who recently purchased Swift? I can see it happening. But in order for that to happen, Rashad Penny is going to need to stay healthy. He hasn't been able to do that in a very, very long time. So Rashad Penny doesn't really worry me. Kenneth Gainwell doesn't worry me. Boston Scott doesn't worry me. The person that worries me about stealing touches is Jalen Hurts and just his running ability. But I really think if you're trading for Swift, you're the Eagles. They got a great deal on him. It's a contract year, which means he's going to have to ball out. I like Swift on the Eagles. I think people are like, oh, this is a running back room to die. I think Swift from Philly with the Georgia guys playing for a contract is going to have a really solid year. So I'm buying Swift. I hope you bought him before he got traded to the Eagles when he was in Detroit still. Um, But I really like him. The big key is going to be Rashad Penny's health, 100%. And look, Philly came in here and and they – actively courted Penny, and obviously they know they didn't know that Swift was going to basically fall in their lap this offseason, but they didn't buck at the chance. Swift's going to be a very, very, very important fantasy piece. I think I look at a guy like Miles Sanders, right? We think Sanders is very talented, don't get me wrong, but we don't think that he's that next-level talent that Swift is, and Swift's going to be very, very, very good out of the, out of the passing game as well, which is a very important thing that Miles Sanders did not do well. If I had Kenneth Gainwell shares, obviously you're not going to be able to trade him for just about anything, but he's a good piece to throw in for your trades to maybe go over the hump because I see his role getting completely demolished this year if Penny can stay healthy. I um, was looking at Rashad Penny in his five years of play in the NFL, and he has never played a full season, and he averages about eight games a year. So he plays about half a year. If you're lucky, he's got some games less than that. I get it. Injuries, you can't predict them. But a guy like that, 27 years old. If I had Swift, I'd be trying to get Penny. I think you'd get him for a late second. I do. I don't think he's worth more than that. All right. Let's keep moving forward. We can talk about Penny later this offseason because it doesn't need to be talked right now. But what does need to be talked about is everyone's favorite segment, Max as a trade. That's just, it's going to be a quick one today. I mean, it's going to be a, a pretty yes or no. I'll be shocked if it's a no. Honestly, I think it's an enormous overpay. But I'm a psycho. I like to trade. And it's not for you, Peter. It's not for you, sadly. Your team actually has no one I want on it. It's, uh, it's a pretty pathetic team. And I think you really need to look yourself in the mirror and see if you could, what you could do, Pete. I know you like that encouragement. That's why I tell you. But it's for you, Mr. C. And we'll see where it goes, man. I think it's an overpay. You're shaking your head no already. You don't even know what it is, which is whack. But I'm prepared to offer you DJ Moore. This is a one-quarterback, half-point PPR, 12-person league. I'm prepared to offer you DJ Moore and Jamison Williams for DK Metcalf. I think I'd decline that. I'm going to be honest. We've been kind of talking about a trade like – a similar trade to this one kind of That's, all weekend two and a half and two and a half first right there and for me that i mean it's probably fair value but no no it's, it's more it's an overpay 
I mean, we were talking about what's DK worth? I don't think DK's worth two first in a one quarterback league after Jackson Smith and Jigba went there. Beforehand, oh, 100%. Maybe. But like, he finished as wide receiver 20. It's around what DJ Moore puts up. Sure. I'm not a big JMO fan. So I'm. I would do Dotson too, but you don't seem to like Dotson either. And I, I like Dotson. He's probably my. I like him just as much as JMO. I do, but I think the way my team is built right now, I have the wide receiver depth. I have a lot of veteran wide receivers, and I don't necessarily need the depth. I think that's kind of a big sticking point for when you've been approaching me with these trades. It's like it might, the value is probably there on the JMO and DJ Moore side. But at the end of the day, I'm only trying to start two wide receivers, and I already have a bunch of guys who could start on the back end. And I'm going for it. So, you know. Let's make a bet. What's up? Let's make a, let's make a bet. We can make uh, DJ Moore will, out, will finish higher than DK Metcalf in half-point PPR scoring. In points per game or total points? Don't matter to me. Total points. Total points, then. I think it'll be close, man. I, I do. In Carolina? Or, sorry, Chicago. What do you want to bet? Let's bet let's bet a dinner before a Cavs game. Okay. Whoa. Say less than dinner and drink. drinks. Sure, Nixie you can get yes. a drink. Whoa. No. I mean that's, that's a slippery slope. That's confidence. That's confidence. One leads to two. Two leads to ten. <laughs> hey man. DJ Moore will outscore DK Metcalf. I can see it. All right. Pete, write what, are, it down. what are your thoughts on that uh that little bet right there? I think it's all going to depend on the quarterback, right? And I think that's the biggest variable here. So when we look at DJ Moore, right, he has Justin Fields. Is he going to take the next step, quote unquote, right? We don't know. And then we look at, he's the number one in that offense, without a doubt, right? And we look at the Seahawks. Is Geno Smith going to be able to repeat the year that he had, right? I've watched Geno Smith for years. Is this a new Geno or is it not? That's the biggest question, right? And then beyond that, you have a guy like Tyler Lockett that's taking the deep threats, plus the new guy in town, the new pony, this guy, uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, who's phenomenal. The fact that he fell that far in the draft makes me want to cry. Um, I I absolutely loved his college tape from his sophomore year. I see no difference between him and Jamar Chase taking that year off, not saying that he's Chase-level talented. I'm just saying they just both didn't play their junior years, right? I think – Smith and Jigba is going to have a great year. It's all going to depend on touchdowns, right? And I think DJ Moore is going to have more targets in the red zone because he's going to be the number one option. He's not going to be 1A, 1B, 1C. He is one in that offense. That That's my whole synthesis on this. So I'd probably side on DJ Moore a little bit more than DK, but DK is an absolute monster. and is going to go off for 40 points a couple weeks. I don't think DJ Moore can hit a 40-point nuke in a game. So I'm I'm gonna be a fence sitter, but lean towards DJ Moore. I that was a big overpay next year. Like I'm thinking about it now. I'm looking at the stats too. DK is great. I love DK. I, I if it wasn't DK, I told you this in the car. If it was player X, just blank name played over him, I probably wouldn't make the trade because like that is. Could you give me a trade like that? I kind of need to get bailed right now. Isn't that an insane offer? Yeah, say it again, just for the listeners, so they hear it again. DJ Moore and Jamison Williams or Jahan Dotson, whoever you want, for DK Metcalf. Sounds like a deal to me. That's a hell of an offer. Max, can you make me something like that? I don't want I don't make those very often, man. It's just to get my guy. And it's like, I guess it's just not meant to be. I guess it's just not meant to be. But next week we will have Max has a trade come back, of course. <laughs> Max has a trade. And uh we will be more hopeful on a slam accept. Maybe if you gave me a deal like that, Max, we, we'd we be trading right now. No one ever brings deals for me, though. That's the thing, Peter. Max, we always bring deals for you. But you always say, no, I need more. I need I more. Wish, I wish our deal was brought. All right. Let's take a stab at our first mock draft, first rookie mock of the 2023 offseason. Let's go. All right, welcome back. We have our first rookie mock draft of the 2023 offseason. Gentlemen, we're going to be doing one quarterback, half point PPR, 12 team. 
again, one quarterback, half point PPR, 12 team league. We're going to be taking the three spot, the six spot, and the nine spot. Buyaka, Buyaka. Oh, no, that was 619. Sorry. A little Ray Mysterio reference there, if anybody got that. Um, but let's take a look. We have myself in the three spot. We have Max in the six and super producer, Mr. C in the ninth spot. Gentlemen, let's start it up. All right, first two picks off the board go Bijan Robinson and Jameer Gibbs. So I'm sitting up here at the third pick. And for a little sneak preview, uh, anybody that heard this two days ago or three days ago when we recorded, I love Jordan Addison. And I think he's the most ready-to-play right now receiver. And at this third overall pick, he is the only receiver in this, this like quote-unquote A-tier, A-tier of receivers that is not the wide receiver three in his offense. So I'm going to take, I'm going to take Jordan Addison as the wide receiver two for the Minnesota Vikings with a Kirk cousin contract year, mind you to be an instant impact player in the league at the third overall pick. Damn. I was really hoping he'd make it to six. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I think this third pick is really where it gets spicy in a lot of your guys' drafts. I think you could go JSN, you could go Gibbs, you could go Jordan Addison, you could go QJ. I mean, you really could go any way you want to go here. And I agree with you, Peter. I think he's really – he's a little small. As Nixie and I, we talked about this. His separation – he lacks separation. But at the end of the day, he's wide receiver two on an offense that's going to pass the ball a lot. Kirk Cousins in a contract year. And he's going to get to learn from the best wide receiver in the game, Justin Jefferson, who's going to take a lot of targets or a lot of like eyes and put them on him. So I love the pick. I think if I'm going win right now and I need a guy at 103, I'd probably ship the pick. I don't really rely on Addison. But if you want to get it down the road, Addison will be ready in this year or next. I think he's the the one guy in this draft that you I can almost project will have more value next year than this year we've we talked about it on the uh the a side episode a lot of these guys you're gonna be able to buy them for less than what the pick would cost to get them at the end of the year but i think he is one of the guys addison where his value is only going to go up after this season because he will have an impactful year one i love it and you know my instant reaction you know i think on our last episode i was kind of almost calling for the fade Addison tour, but I don't think I'm going to go that far. The longer this pick has kind of sat with me, the more I've started to buy into it, especially like you said, like I think he, he will have a clear path to, to production for this next season. And you see what that it looks like for wide receivers and their value, especially in dynasty. If they come out their rookie year and show a pulse, if they show something pretty nice out there i mean their value just doubles i mean it it easily doubles so i i do like this pick pete all right let's keep moving forward after addison goes at 103 jsn pops off the board at 104 quentin johnston at 105 we have max up with a couple different directions his team could go at the 106 yeah man it's um i mean if i'm at the 106 Obviously, when you look at draft capital, Zay Flowers got that first round draft capital. But I'm I'm a madman. I am a, a, a whatever you want to call it, a young lad. I'm gonna go with Jonathan Mingo. I, I get it. He might not have had the best wide receiver season at Old Miss last year, but when I look at one his draft capital, I never thought he would go in the 30s. Never thought he'd go in the early second. Absolutely crazy. Then I look at the landing spot with Carolina, and I see Bryce Young. I see. I mean, yes, they have Chark, and yes, they have Adam Thielen. Thielen's 32 years old, man. I mean, I yeah, get he's, this. He's going to be the only guy there. Who, Mingo or Thielen? Mingo, Mingo. His landing spot is great. I mean, this is an offense that they trade a lot they, to move up to Bryce Young. They obviously must like the guy. And then they, they probably, I don't know if they said, hey, who do you want? But he is a big body NFL receiver that with the right coaching and the right system could really succeed. So I'm willing to take him at 106. I think his more fair value is 108, 109. Um, but I'm not taking 
Kincaid. I'm not taking Charbonnet. I'm not taking Zay Flowers. So I'm just going to go with Jonathan Mingo, get my guy, and move on. Yeah, Max, you really like Mingo, and I, I do respect it. You know, you got to have those guys that you're willing to plant your flag on. With Mingo, I, dude, I'm torn. I really am. I feel like he has a great athletic profile. He tested super well at the combine. But, dude, my biggest thing, I mean, he just has little to zero college production, which is, I mean, I don't know. I mean, there, there's plenty of guys that maybe have kind of shaky college production and then find something at the next level. But best season as a senior had 861 yards, five touchdowns on 51 catches. And the rest of the years, I mean, he didn't break over 400 yards and only had three touchdowns. A.T. Perry crying in a corner that he was like a six-round pick after like 1,000-yard seasons at Wake Forest. Yeah, I mean, it is interesting. I do see the path, though, Max. I mean, like you guys were talking about, I mean, there's really a wide-open wide receiver room, and he got the draft capital. I mean, that's really the biggest thing that, you know, early second-round pick. They're gonna they're gonna have him on the field early and often, and I think with Bryce Young out there, there's gonna be some numbers that are gonna be put up, and you know, I, I definitely could see Mingo getting uh, getting some of those. Who's gonna and stop I, him, Terrence Marshall? Nope. I've seen tweets, and I get it, it's Twitter, but I've seen people say that NFL scouts think he's the most pro ready player out of all these receivers. That they have him as the highest ranked wide receiver on all their boards. I mean. I've seen the tweets. I've seen a lot of stuff. I get it's Twitter, like I said, but I can't pass up the size and the landing spot and especially the draft capital. Now, if he went in the third, no, we're talking maybe the second round I take him. But 39 overall, 38, whatever it was, sign me up. Four-star recruit out of high school, too. Hey, man. Four out of five. All right, let's keep moving forward. After Jonathan Mingo goes at 106, Zay Flowers and then Dalton Kincaid. Super producers up at 109. This is where it gets interesting when these wide receivers are all off the board. I feel like this is kind of where it's pick your poison. Who do you like on the board? You know, consensus ranks uh, before the draft had Charbonnet probably gone by now. So I think that's that's the good thing about Dynasty. You know, we see the draft, see these uh, landing spots and so I'm looking at Charbonnet, uh, Devin E. Chain, Kendra Miller, Michael Mayer. For me, I feel like this is an easy pick. And I really, it, we kind of talked about it uh, amongst ourselves, but I'm going to go Kendra Miller here at 109. I feel like he has the easiest path to actually see production. I mean, this year could be shaky. I can't lie with it is a kind of a crowded room, but if Camara gets a lengthy, lengthy suspension, I mean, that's kind of what's up in the air about it. He could step in and just take over that whole backfield. And people might say, oh, like, why don't you take Charbonnet? For me, I mean, that back that backfield is just toxic. I mean, <laughs> you have Kenneth Walker, Charbonnet, they even drafted Kenny McIntosh in like the seventh round. So there's similar workload concerns with both of these guys. But I feel like out of the two, Kendra has the easiest path to clear workload. And I really liked him as well, just in the pre-draft process. I mean, the dude's 5'11", 215, and he dominated last year. He had almost 1,400 rushing yards, had 17 touchdowns. Not really a ton of receiving upside, but in a late first, if I can get a dude who has the capability to be a workhorse back in New Orleans, who could be an upcoming team. I mean, they have Derek Carr, good defense. You know, I, I do like that. I love the pick. Nixie, I knew you were going to go this pick at 109 here. I think it's the easy pick when you look at the options that were on the board. Um, I know, obviously, you mentioned it, Nixie, but Kamara suspension, it's eminent. It's eminent. Um the other guy there is Jamal Williams. He's 27 years old. So if they can get a guy like Kendra Miller and you can get him at 109, I think he has the best chance to be a starting running back, like you said. And yeah, I would definitely pick him over any wide receiver that's here. Even Rasheed Rice, even these guys that got 
these big landing spots in Kansas City and all that stuff. So love the pick. Yeah, personally, I think he's got the the best chance of any of the later later tiered running backs to make a fantasy impact immediately. That's that's the best thing that I could say about him. And then when you when you're just in the the trash barrel, this is like kind of like the trash barrel of first round picks. You just got to take a guy who has the highest upside in a current season and then ship him off. So this guy, this guy, absolutely, I love him here. All right, so after Kendra Miller, it goes Charbonnet, A-Chain, Michael Mayer at 112. 201 goes Anthony Richardson. 202 goes Downs. 203 goes Marvin Mims. Super producer, you're back up on the board right here at 204. This is an interesting pick. I'm kind of going back and forth on two guys that I'm I'm really looking at. It's I'm going to go with a different pick than I was originally thinking. I think I'm going to go with uh, Jaden Reed, wide receiver for the Green Bay Packers. Um, he is out of Michigan State, 5'11", 191, ran a 4.45 40-yard dash. And for me, I think the biggest thing comes down to I think there's a lot of opportunity in Green Bay. Uh, Lazard out of town, Cobb out of town. So it's really Christian Watson, fill in whoever else you want. I think Jaden Reed showed a lot at Michigan State. He broke out as an 18-year-old true freshman, had a breakout, and then had 1,000 yards, 10 touchdowns in the 2021 season. I think he has some good tape. I was really tempted to go Rasheed Rice in Kansas City here, but just weighing like the production profiles of both of these guys. I think there's similar, uh, a similar path to targets and production for both of them. And there might be more production in Kansas city, obviously with Mahomes there, but I think Jaden Reed really could come in and, and make some noise, man. I really do. Is this sky more fatigue? It might be, man. I mean, Rasheed Rice is a good player, but, just because he's got the great spot, I mean, I don't think he deserves to get boosted up that much. I could see the argument both ways, honestly, for this. But I've started to like Jaden Reed a little bit more as the draft came over. He did get the draft capital as well. I think he was a second-round pick. And this is another guy, too, where a ton of people pre-draft were saying, oh, take your name, Josh Downs, whoever – We'll wait in the draft and take Jaden Reed in the third, fourth round. I mean, that's not going to happen anymore. This dude, obviously, with the draft capital, is shooting up draft boards probably mid-second. And I'm here for it, man. I, You know, there, a lot of people liked him a ton in pre-draft. Mr. Freck? No, I mean, I, the only one thing I would add, I know you were mentioning the Green Bay wide receivers. You said Christian Watson and, like, whoever. They do have Romeo Dobbs. I get some people are pretty high on him. I'm not. I think he's just a guy, to be honest. I think he, Aaron Rodgers was there. Christian Watson was hurt, whatever. They, like, no one was there that dropped, whatever. But I feel like we've said, I don't think we've said this, but these landing spots, they, they haven't been ideal, obviously, for fantasy. I mean, you have these running backs that go to just terrible situations or don't get the draft capital. Um, everyone wanted Charbonnet to go to somewhere and be a workhorse. He's going to be 40% with Kenneth Walker, you know, but I still am not completely out. Like every year there's, there's going to be classes like this by the picks, by the players. You never know who could hit. And I think the guy that Nick C just picked, I think he could be one of those guys in a year's time. It's like, how did he fall to the second round? Um, so there's going to be those players, man. That's just the name of the game, the nature of the beast. So hopefully you hit, I like the guy. I like the situation. I don't know about Love. I know they just extended him today for another year. Picked up his option. We'll see with him. We will see. All right. Let's keep this thing flowing. Rashi Rice goes 17. Ty J. Spears goes 18. All you Derrick Henry lovers, that's not a bad thing to have, given that he hasn't had a crazy injury in a long time. Max is up. At the 19th overall selection. It's between two players, but like if you could get this guy, either one of these guys in the late second, 
So this would be what, 207? I'm between Jalen Hyatt, who I think is just so mid and just fast, but I like that he's the only guy in town in New York. But I think I'm going to go with the other guy, actually. I'm going to go with Roshan Johnson, um, running back for the Chicago Bears. I get it. They're Khalil Herbert's there. Donta Foreman's there. Those aren't world beaters, man. They aren't. This guy got overshadowed by Bijan Robinson at Texas. He gets pretty good draft capital, honestly, if you ask me. I was shocked he went higher than I thought he was going to. And I think it's a backfield that's very, very winnable. And if he could do that, then he's going to be a guy that you spend 207 on him, you can get a first and a second next year if he hits. So I'm willing to take the chance on him rather than waiting for a guy like Jalen Hyatt to catch two touchdowns through the whole season and everyone say, oh, they are lucky long bomb touchdowns. I like the pick. I think, Max, you're right. There's a ton of value here. And I really liked Roshan Johnson a ton uh, in the pre-draft process. And I think this is an awesome landing spot for him, you know, post-NFL draft. You just look at the guys there. And this is what I love, too, kind of about fantasy football. It's more so just taking your chances. You got to look at backfields that are kind of these, okay, it's going to be a running back by committee. Who do you think is going to win it, though? Like, there could legitimately be a workhorse running back there like Montgomery last year. I know he's kind of hurt in some stretches, but when he was out there, they pretty much were just going to him. Or when it was Khalil Herbert filling in, it was pretty much just him. It wasn't necessarily a huge split between Montgomery and Herbert. Um, I saw some questions about maybe Khalil Herbert's pass-blocking ability. And maybe that's why Chicago isn't super high on him. Brought in Deonta Foreman, brought in now Roshan Johnson. Out of those guys, Roshan has the best shot to kind of take over the backfield. And the other thing, there's a ton of Khalil Herbert love kind of going into the NFL draft. And I guess rightfully so. He was pretty solid last year, um, pretty efficient. But at the end of the day, I think he was a third or fourth round pick as well. So they really don't have too much invested into him where they're going to be like, okay, we need to feed Khalil Herbert. So I I think this is a really good pick, Max. I'll say this as well. Donta Foreman, six foot. Khalil Herbert, five foot nine. Roshan Johnson, six two. The tall running backs, we really don't see them work too often though, Max, outside of Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry, that's fine. I'll take the odds. All right, he'll take the odds there. I do like the pick as well. I I think it's – when you look at the situation that he's going into, he has a chance to take serious carries uh, in this offense. We look – just two years ago, we look at a guy, Javonta Williams and Michael Carter. Big draft. Carter was the backup, but he had a great production profile. And Javonta Williams was the big stud. And Carter snuck into the later part of the first round. So if you can find a guy that was a backup that had a good production profile in the late second, I'll take that every day of the weekend, twice on Sunday. I think as camp comes closer and closer, he'll start inching and inching up draft boards, maybe towards that mid to early first round pick. Uh, But outside of that, if you can find him here at the, uh, what was this, the 207, I'd slam that. So I do have one more uh, quick point on Roshan Johnson. This is something I saw uh, the other day. But he had the highest elusive rating. So this is a PFF grade. It's defined as stat measuring success and impact of a runner with the ball independent of the blocking, right? So it's basically just if the running back can make guys miss, regardless of if their blocking is good. He had the highest elusive rating in the class at 198. And just for reference, Bijan Robinson was 169 on this rating. So you can you can take or leave that if you want, but you know, go look, go put on some Roshan Johnson tape. He's pretty he's pretty electric, man. He has some runs where he should be dead to rights, five yards behind the backfield, and he makes four or five guys miss and gets a ten yard run from it. For any of those out there that haven't seen his tape yet, Nick C, is he a beast mode kind of runner or is he like a Saquon, elusive shifty? Dude, he, he kind of has a mix of both. Like he can he can run over guys for sure because he's the bigger body, but he's surprisingly elusive. Some of these plays that he makes, either because he can catch a little bit too out of the backfield, and when he gets the ball in his hand, man, I mean he's gonna make at least one or two guys miss, and that's what you gotta love to see. 
Okay, absolutely. After Mr. Roshan Johnson goes, Bryce Young goes at 208, and then Tank Bigsby at 209. I'm back up on the board at 210. And if I'm up on the board, I am rushing in this pick. Max, I do not agree with you one bit on this guy. Jalen Hyatt is good. He's not. I want, he's good. I had I have a gut instinctual feeling about this guy. He's the only option there in New York, right? Obviously, when he's playing against Alabama, he was playing against guys that are quote unquote the best players in college football. Highest recruited guys in college football, and he put up 300. 300 on him with multiple touchdowns. Look, and I've talked about it on this podcast. Gabe Davis had his day in the sun as well. He had that four touchdown game. When I look at this guy's tape, I see speed. Don't get me wrong. But I also see a guy who's uh, determined to win. I've watched a lot of tape on him, and I've actually watched a lot of interviews with him, believe it or not. And he is an excellent young man that is dedicated to his craft. I think you're buying very small right here. This is penny stocks. I think his probability to shoot up and be a top 24 wide receiver obviously is not 100% guaranteed in these later seconds. But I think he has a better shot than any of these receivers here in the second round to have an instant impact on his team and to to finish as the wide receiver one on, on that said team. I like Christian Watson more than I like Jaden Reed. Nothing against the guy. I just like him more than I like Jaden Reed. And any of the other receivers in this round, it, it's just a, a mix of who knows, right? I love Jalen Hyatt. He's going to be the wide receiver one there in New York. He is going to be absolutely electric. Daniel Jones finally has an option to throw to. By the way, this GM is the one that pulled Stephon Diggs in from Minnesota. He understands the importance of having a good receiver in that offense, right? So when we look at the Bills, they pulled in an absolute alpha. This offseason, we didn't see the Giants do that. There's alpha wide receivers left and right on the trade market. Am I right or am I right? There's Hopkins. There was DJ Moore. There were a lot of people out on a trade market this offseason for them to pull in in New York and give Daniel Jones an extra like little juice, and they didn't. They were patient, and they waited for Jalen Hyatt. They were actually in the draft room. They were talking about bringing in Jalen Hyatt and how he had a great meeting with the Giants. I am super excited to see him play this year, and it's going to bother me because I'm rooting for the other New York team. His speed's insane. Sure, I love speed. Daniel Jones isn't the biggest deep ball guy. Um, I will say that he can run the deep ball. Daniel Jones has thrown it sometimes, but he doesn't. I think he might have thrown at least out of anybody in the NFL last year. Um, they did add Waller. They have Saquon. And just his routes, like he lined up in Tennessee. He would just line up and like right behind the wide receiver, catch the ball, then just run. Um, I saw this video of him talking to a scout from the Dallas Cowboys, and the scout was questioning his route running ability. Jalen Hines like, oh, I'm, I can run routes. I'm fast, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. I think in the second round at this pick, 100%. I think it's the pick. It's the only guy that has like elite level upside, whereas if he hits, he really hits, I feel like here, rather than guys like, I mean, Cedric Tillman on the Browns or like one of these quarterbacks or something like that. So I like the pick, Pete. All right. The final two picks of the draft go CJ Stroud and then Sam Laporta, tight end to Detroit. That's going to conclude our first round mock, first and second round mock. So I come off the board with Jordan Addison at three and then Jalen Hyatt at 210. I feel like I'm very confident in that. Max goes Jonathan Mingo and then Roshan Johnson. And then super producer Nixie wraps it up with Kendra Miller and Jaden Reed. Gentlemen, any final thing before we send everyone on their merry way? Sometimes you just have to, if you reach, you reach. You got to get your guys. You plan your flag beforehand. Draft capital didn't go your way, whatever it is. You can pivot, but get your guys. I think my biggest takeaway, I was saying this to Max too, and he gave me kind of a interesting look. Um, dude, I love third round picks. If you have deeper drafts, third, fourth round picks, especially in super flex, um, but in one quarterback, probably more so third round picks. I think there's probably at least four or five guys who, okay, I get it. The likelihood that they'll actually hit is not great. Pretty abysmal, but they're guys that we were talking about a lot of people were talking about pre-draft process 
that love them. These guys are first-round picks pre-draft in rookie drafts, and then now they're third-round picks, maybe undrafted players. And I think there's value to be had there. Whether or not it ends up – you end up seeing the fruits of your labor, I don't know. I'm kind of a weirdo with those picks. I, I like taking the moon shots, and then it feels even sweeter when they do hit. But, but Nick C, on top of that, I love trades. You don't go to someone and say, hey, how much are your 302? How much are your 303? You make a deal around something else. You say, hey, throw in 303. If they're splitting hairs over a third, I mean, Nick C does it. But if they're splitting hairs over a third, like tell them to kick a rock. Yeah, man, I just wanted to pop in real quick. I know it's kind of wrapping it up, but I think it's something that's important. Saw a couple of people in the fantasy community uh, bring it up. But it is Mental Health Awareness Month. And I think it's very important because – I feel like it is not talked about enough, and I retweeted something. Uh, go check out our Dynasty Monarchy page uh, from a UFC fighter, Patty Pimblett. It was a post-fight where he was just talking about mental health. He had just recently lost a friend to suicide. I think it is very important to talk about, especially uh, not just in this month, but all months in general. I think it does go overlooked sometimes, so definitely reach out, uh, talk to some people if you need it, and yeah, man, because I think it is important. Gentlemen, thank you for a great episode. Wanted to thank everyone for making it to the end. Follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Monarchy. And again, please give us a like on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast, your preferred podcast destination. And before the episode's over, just wanted to say another big thanks to Underdog Fantasy. Use our code MONARCHY, M-O-N-A-R-C-H-Y, for $100 in bonus cash when you use our code MONARCHY, M-O-N-A-R-C-H-Y. Enjoy this week. We're inching and inching and inching closer to the NFL season. Stay tuned. We'll be back next week. Peace out, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. Fancy some fantasy advice? Tweet or DM at Dynasty Monarchy on Twitter. Until next time, farewell, my fellow kings and queens.